Welcome back to the As You Go podcast. I'm Jonathan. I'm Emily. And if you notice, if you've been listening to this podcast, which honestly, we've been so thrilled with how many of you have been listening. Yes. And we've been so encouraged by all of your feedback and your encouraging notes um, as you've listened to the podcast. But if you've been listening, then you might be going, wait, since when did I subscribe to the As You Go podcast? What? That's new. It's because it is new. Surprise. <laughs> we have spent some time, um, you know, having this COVID season where we're stuck at home has given us a lot of time to just kind of sit back and think about um, the ministry that God has given us and kind of what we want to do with it and where we feel like God is leading us. And with that, um, we've, like we said, we've been very encouraged by this podcast and your response to it. Um, but we just in general um, felt like we wanted to name the podcast um, in a way that was more easily explainable to people mm -hmm. who might not already know who we are and know what we do and um, maybe e more easily explainable for you all if you want to share the podcast. And the truth is that the word in worship, if you're not familiar with who Jonathan and Emily are and what we do and what we've been doing for years, um, it's kind of confusing. And so then if you have the word in worship families podcast, it's kind of like, what is that about, you know? And so we decided to, to name this podcast As You Go, and uh, we did that for a, some other deeper reasons as well, and we wanted to share that with you today because mm -hmm. as we've been kind of putting out this podcast week after week and, and seeing where God is leading us in it, um, we've just been seeing this theme consistently, and we feel like this is the theme that the Lord not only has been leading us in, but is going to continue to lead us in, and mm -hmm. that is As You Go. Yeah, and we felt like this was really the uniting thread between all of the things that we've been talking about. And as we're wanting to branch out to talk about even more topics, we felt like this was a better umbrella for all of the things that we would want to share on this podcast. Absolutely. So from here on out, this is called the As You Go podcast. That's really the only thing that's different about it. It's the same podcast you've been listening to, just different title and maybe kind of refocusing our theme and uh, kind of tying everything we do into understanding how it ties into As You Go. And so today what we want to do is just share with you why we've named it As You Go. Um, we have two main scriptures mm -hmm. that we're really leaning into when we think about this podcast, but really when we think about the whole ministry that we have in regards to family worship and the God of Generations album and the uh, worship and and family conference events that we have coming up. And those two verses are Deuteronomy 6, 5 through 9, which is kind mm -hmm. of an Old Testament passage that we're pulling from, and then Matthew 28, 18 through 20. And uh, so on today's podcast, what we want to do is we want to just share with you a little, a few thoughts that we have about those two scriptures, one mm -hmm. from the Old Testament, one from the New Testament. And I think what we see is that there's this real unifying theme, especially when, as parents, um, we see this unifying theme of God's call to us in our parenting. And so uh, Emily is going to start us off with Deuteronomy 6 today. Yeah. So Deuteronomy 6, 5 through 9 is kind of the foundation for God's design for discipleship in families. In Deuteronomy 6, Moses has just given the Ten Commandments. And after he gives them to the people, he then turns to the parents, not the priests or the Levites or the important people in charge, he turns to the parents and says, and now you are to pass this down to your children that they may live in the love and the fear of the Lord. And these words are probably pretty familiar to most of you, but I'm going to read verses five through nine. 
He says, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your home and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. And gosh, every time I read this passage, especially as a parent, it strikes me in a different way. But as we've been thinking about the new title of our podcast being As You Go, I noticed just a nuance of this passage of scripture. Moses is speaking to the parents as the main people who God has given the responsibility to pass down faith to the next generation. And he starts in verse seven by saying that the Lord is telling them that they shall teach God's ways diligently to their children. And when I read that, I think about the main way that we teach our children the ways of God and and the story of our faith is what we've been talking about in these last, goodness, I think 10 weeks, this time of family worship daily where we stop, we open God's word together, we sing to him, we pray to him, we get to know who our God is and the story of all that he has done. And that is the foundational part of how we teach our children with intention and diligence every day. Uh, But then going on from verse seven, he takes that into the rest of our lives. Hence the, as you go theme, after he says that you shall teach these things diligently to your children, he says, and then you shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you rise and when you walk by the way, they'll be like frontlets between your eyes and on the doorposts of your house. I really just felt the journey of this, of taking this uh, order of stopping to take time to teach our kids diligently and then to carry that with us as we go throughout the day for our faith, not to just be quarantined. Um, That word is never going to be the same after (laughs) this summer, Uh, but into this, you know, one little part scheduled part of our days, whether you think it's just on Sunday or whether it's just, you know, at the breakfast table or the dinner table, our worship of God, like we've been talking about is our whole lives. And it is an, as you go kind of worship because God wants access to every part of our lives. And he wants our time in the word where we are diligently seeking him and getting to know him to impact the rest of our lives as we sit and as we go and as we're out in the marketplace and as we're interacting with the world around us, we want to take these things that we have learned of God and apply them and have them come out of us in the rest of our lives. Yeah. And that's kind of been a theme for us throughout the podcast so far is kind of the combination of being intentional, you know, setting aside family worship time, five to 10 minutes, for example, to just really um, be intentional about our discipleship, but, but also not just letting that be all that we do, um, but that carrying through in the rest of our days. And and what we've talked about before is it, it feels actually more natural to talk about things of faith as we're going to the grocery store and as we're playing on the playground. Whenever we do just set aside those five to 10 minutes of intentional time, it, it leaves room for further conversations mm-hmm. as we go. And so as we go, I think from what we see in this passage is, is about being in both intentional and kind of casual. And I know that from what I've heard and just from what we've explored, there seems to be two, two big camps of people that people that are really serious about that family worship time, which is wonderful, but then maybe um, don't as much think about how to apply that 
family time, that time in the God's word throughout the normal life. And that's, you know, spoiler alert for where we're going, uh, even in the rest of this podcast, that's why we really wanted to adopt the six pillars of family worship mm-hmm. as we thought about beginning this, because we really believe that God in general, and even in our individual lives, um, deserves to be worshiped with our whole lives, not mm-hmm. just with our singing, not with just our intentional times at church on Sunday mornings, but God is worthy to be worshiped in our whole lives. And so that's a theme already for, for you and I and our mm-hmm. ministry. Um, and so with families, the six pillars is a chance for us to get to say, okay, we want to worship God, yes, by reading the Bible, praying and singing, but we also want to know what it looks like to worship God when we're having fun together and whenever we're, you know, love and learning how, how to love how one to, another yeah, well, love each other well and how we're serving one another because all of those things God considers a part of our worship. And um, if you want to know more about that and you're just hopping on the podcast, I think several podcasts ago we talked mm-hmm. about kind of whole life worship and, and some of our thoughts on that. But uh, I think that's great. And then, Deuteronomy 6 has just been a guiding scripture for us and typically is for people who are thinking about parenting or who are talking about parenting or family worship. Um, It's a great, great piece of scripture. Um, But that's one of the reasons why we've decided to name this podcast as you go. Uh, But the next one, the next scripture is Matthew 28, 18 through 20. And um, this is the great commission that Jesus has given all Christians. And what's really interesting about this is that I had been studying this scripture and planning for this podcast. And then I heard Paul Tripp, who wrote a book about parenting, talk about this. And he says, at the end of the book, Parenting, he says that the most important verse in the Bible for parents isn't the verse in Ephesians where it specifically addresses parents. He was joking. He was talking about how sometimes we open our Bible and we wish that it was just arranged by topic. We wish our Bible would be like, okay, let me flip to the part that talks about Everything how you to need be a to good know parent, for parenting. how to be, and the Bible just, it doesn't do that. Um, the Bible is really this whole one big story that's pointing specifically to the topic of Jesus. And um, anyway, but he was saying, you know, that verse in Ephesians is great for parents, but the, the most important verse for parents in our parenting is the Great Commission. It's in Matthew 8, 28, 18 through 20. And uh, I want to read it for us. Um, I think a lot of us will probably already know it, but I want to read it because I want to pull out some things here that I think um, maybe we don't think about that often. Um, it says this, And Jesus came to them and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So a lot of my thoughts today, um, when we think about as you go and we think about this great commission and we think about being parents and passing down our faith to our kids, a lot of my thoughts have been shaped by a guy named Warren Wiersbe. I'm going to quote him a lot. He's a guy who has common he's written commentary on a lot of the Bible. I think the whole Bible, I I have a old Testament and a new Testament commentary by him and, and I love it. And, um, he got me thinking about some things, but I think when we think about the great commission, when we really zero in, um, on the great commission, the thing that our eyes are drawn to, the thing we think about most is the phrase of all nations. So we hear Jesus say, um, where is it? Uh, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the father, son, Mm -hmm. and Holy spirit. I think instantly we think 
of all nations. That's where our brain goes. We need to go to the ends of the earth. Yeah, and that's exclusively what we, we think about. And so we, we, we put the Great Commission in the category of missions exclusively. Global missions. Global missions. We think about nations. And that's a real mistake. And I think it's important for us to see that it's a mistake because when we zero in on just the all nations part, we start thinking that disciple making is a hat, yeah, that we put on when we're dealing with people out there. Mm. It's the out there people, whoever out there is. When we decide to go on a missions trip. Yeah, we think that we think that making disciples involves um, going somewhere first because we hear Jesus say, go, therefore, make disciples of all nations. We're like, oh, well, we've got to go, go somewhere. Um, yeah, missions trip or even even just like the rough part of our neighborhood or maybe even just the neighbors down the street. We, we just tend to think that the Great Commission is for, for people out there. And the thing is, those are all great things to do. I'm, I'm not necessarily knocking those things. And I'm not saying we shouldn't make an effort to go out and evangelize. Um, but I think we overemphasize the all nations part of this call and we wrongly understand what Jesus means when he does say go. And I think this overemphasis and the misunderstanding, I think it makes us extra anxious and I think it kind of makes us lazy. We're anxious because not all of us are great about thinking about going out there, Mm -hmm. right? Into parts of the world that we don't know and evangelizing and making disciples with people out there. Not everyone has the kind of personality that is equipped for hard sells of the gospel to brand new people groups. God hasn't designed all of us to be that way. God has given people in the church personalities that are great at this, people in the church that enjoy this kind of work for the kingdom of God, but that's not everybody. And we we should support those people. We should cheer them on. But I think we all know and feel that God's call to make disciples isn't just meant for the personalities that are best suited for this kind of evangelism. Mm -hmm. Deep down, the Spirit of God, I think, in us tells us that we, too, are called to make disciples. Mm. But the question is how? You know, if we, if we just zero in on the all nations, how? Um, should we just go on mission trips every year, every other year? Um, should we just be a part of the events that our churches organize to reach our communities? Those are all great things to do, and I think absolutely do those things. Um, but I think we all still deep down know that that's not quite right. That's still not quite what God's called us to. Surely the call to go and make disciples isn't just a call to give a couple of days or a couple of weeks each year, um, to missions. Um, but that's the story that I think most of us live each day. Mm -hmm. And I think we feel both comfortable and uncomfortable at the same time. I think we, because we have the loving, gentle spirit of God in us and the spirit of God won't let us be too comfortable with this understanding of the great commission, because this is not really what Jesus meant when he calls us to go and make disciples. And again, Warren Wearsby really helped me to see this. We've, we've talked about it on past podcasts before. Um, the, the whole point in Jesus saying all nations is that, yes, we're called to go and, and spread the gospel to people groups. That's why Paul um, went out and shared with the Gentiles, because now all are welcome. And it was an important thing for Jesus to say that, especially to the Jewish listeners mm-hmm. that he's listening to. Mm-hmm. Hey, this is no longer just, just a covenant for, for the people of Israel. This is for all nations. But I think if we, if we understand what Jesus meant when he said go, it will change the way that we see the Great Commission, or at least it has for me. Um Warren Wearsby says this, the Greek verb translated go is not actually a command, but it's a present participle, meaning going. Mm -hmm. The only command in the entire Great Commission is make disciples. Jesus said, while you are going, make disciples of all nations. So no matter where we are, we should be witnesses of Jesus Christ and seek to win others to him. 
So that's what we've talked about a little bit on the podcast mm-hmm. before is that the call of Jesus when he says, go make disciples is really a call that says, Hey, as you're going make disciples. And what I love about that is that, you know, God's word is constantly confirming itself. And Jesus is, is continuing to encourage us with the same thing that Deuteronomy six encouraged us mm-hmm. in long ago in the old Testament that God told us through Moses, Hey parents, as you're going, make disciples, teach your kids about the way, um, while you're sitting down and, and sleeping and walking and eating and going to the restroom and I don't know all the things, <laughs> um, be teaching your kids. And, and that's really what Jesus is calling us to as well. And so that's something we can't escape as, as we're going, we're called to make disciples. And, um, that's our call as parents, as Christian parents is we're called to make disciples of our kids. Um, and I think it's interesting to just talk about that a little bit further and to realize a couple things. The first is that Jesus is calling us to make disciples and not converts. That's mm. not what he's calling us to. Um, and in in our homes even, I think the temptation as parents is that we settle for wanting our kids to be converted to the faith mm. while caring very little if they become true disciples. And I think sometimes if you're like me, there's this angst of like, yeah, my, my kid could be converted, but what if they grow up and they like leave the faith? And, yeah. and that happens in so many Christian homes today, I think because we count it too much of a win, uh, you know, I'm trying to be careful. We count it too much of a win for a, a kid of ours to say that they're saved. And then we don't invest or we're not thoughtful about as we go, how are we mm-hmm. as parents going to participate in continuing to disciple these kids? Um, Which and, just makes me think of the parable of the sower. Yeah. Are we making sure that we're constantly through the Lord's uh, help and using us as a tool in his hands? Are we constantly trying to till up the soil and, and make sure that that, that seed grows roots? Yeah. Um, ultimately, we trust the Lord for the growth, but we can't just be happy that they've received the seed for a second and then think our work is done. Yeah. And again, I mean, it's, it's so hard to talk about these things, you know, in an isolated way, because the truth is we know that we truly have no power to Mm -hmm. change the hearts of our kids. We have no ability to do that. All we have the ability to do is to be faithful to what God has called us to. Mm -hmm. And that's really what we're saying. This is not about trying to make your kid a good Christian necessarily, but it is about being faithful to do your part to disciple. And that's what we want to do. And that's what we, we want to encourage each other to do is to just be faithful in disciple making. Mm -hmm. Um, Warren Mearsby also says some other great, quotes here he says being a disciple meant more than being a convert or a church member apprentice might be an equivalent term a disciple attached himself to a teacher he identified with him learned from him and lived with him he learned not simply by listening but also by doing it's not enough to win people to the savior we must also teach them the word of god and when warren wiersbe wrote this he wasn't necessarily thinking of parents probably at all when he's writing this but I just think it is this is something that we need to hear from the perspective of parents that it's not enough to win our kids to Jesus um, as a savior but our job is also to to teach them God's word to Mm -hmm. disciple them to to see them as little apprentices in our homes um, to be made disciples because we're the people that they're around we're the Mm -hmm. people who love God that that they're around um in our homes 
the second thing that I, I think that we need to think about in this, if we just think a little deeper about it, is that we're called to make disciple makers and not just spectators. Mm. Um, as a disciple, um, oh, this is another Warren Wiersbe quote. He says, a disciple then is one who has believed on Jesus Christ and expressed this faith by being baptized. He remains in the fellowship of believers that he might be taught the truth of faith. He is then able to go out and win others and teach them. This was the pattern of the New Testament church. And then um, I want to read this next thing in light of that. He said, in many respects, we have departed from this pattern. So the pattern is Jesus taught the disciples. Mm-hmm. He, he discipled them, these 12 guys. And then those disciples then discipled others and they discipled others. Mm-hmm. That's the pattern that Jesus set out for us. That's the pattern he lived out mm-hmm. in his own life. He, he gathered around himself a kind of family that lived and ate and walked with him and as they walked and as they journeyed and as they worked and as they he taught them he was like their spiritual father mm-hmm. while they were on the earth um that's the pattern that he has set up but then warm as we says in many respects we have de- departed from this pattern in most churches the congregation pays the pastor to preach win the lost and build up the saved while the church members function as cheerleaders or spectators the converts are one baptized and given the right hand of fellowship then they join the other spectators mm. and um as i was reading that again just thinking about family worship um i just i think where the change needs to really happen for us is in our homes. We need to continue to see that the pattern is for us to, to pass down the faith in a discipleship kind of way. And the, one of the best and easiest places for us to do that, but one of the places that's most neglected, even in my life, again, not until if you go back and listen, it wasn't until Judah was five that I really began to feel convicted about this in my own life. So I'm not talking from a place of being on a high horse, but just from a place of being convicted and and feeling passionate to encourage other families that the pattern is to pass down the faith through discipleship. And um, as we disciple our kids, what's really cool about this is we should be discipling them in a way, not for them to, to become faithful churchgoers. We, we don't need, if we think about goals for our kids, we don't want to them to just stay in church. We want to disciple them with an eye towards wanting to see them become disciple makers. Mm. Um, we want to see them in the future discipling others. That's the goal is, is to see the passing down of faith continue to go. And, um, I think if we live with that goal in mind, if we disciple our kids with that goal in mind, it's just very different than than the goal that I think a lot of us have, which is just like, oh, I just really hope my kids stay in church. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I really hope my kids will like stay a Christian. You know, um, we we instead want to be praying and begging God and and living in such a way with our kids that like our our goal isn't that they would stay Christians. Our goal is that they would become disciple makers of mm-hmm. others. Um, to be a disciple maker of your kids. Um, another thing, the, the third thing is that we, we have to be more than a cheerleader of our kids. We can't just cheerlead on the faith of our kids. We can't just cheerlead on our, you know, our wonderful kids ministry leaders. We can't just cheerlead on our youth ministers. Those people have a good place in our life. It's good for our kids to have influences outside of the home that are echo chambers of what they're hearing inside the home. Because kids are going to more and more hear and, and be influenced outside of the world. And, and we want them to be influenced by people that are healthy and God-fearing and loving people. And it's great for them to have those kind of mentors. But 
so often I think we, we take a back seat and we think it's the youth pastor's job. It's the children's minister's job to help my kid become a disciple of Jesus Christ. And that's just, that's just not true. We're not called to sit back like as if our kids men leader is like the soccer coach and we're just cheering on in the stands. We're the ones that are meant to be coaching our kids and discipling them week after week along with our kids ministers and our our youth pastors. And so we just have to be more than cheerleaders in our kids life. We have to be more invested. We have to, as we go day to day, um, be intentional about how we're going to introduce our kids to this God that we love, to this word that we love, to this faith that we have. How are we going to do that in an intentional way? And then pray and, and have an eye towards just moments in our days when we can continue to wrap our lives in the truths of who God is so mm-hmm. that our kids can see God in their everyday life as well as we go, as we live throughout our days. The only other thing that I wanted to say about this before we go for today is that um, this all can seem very, very daunting. Um, <laughs> you know, yeah. the Great Commission in general can feel scary because Jesus has called all of us out. He's He's given us a mission to make disciples of all nations. And and that's not just for one group of people, that's for all of us. Um, but I love when, when you look at Jesus, he says in verse 18, he makes a point, he, he come, came to them and he said, all authority in heaven on earth has been given to me. That's what he says to them first. And you have to ask yourself, why has he said mm-hmm. that? Why has he said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me? It's like, well, yay, Jesus, <laughs> go you. He's telling us that to help us not be afraid because I think so often in parenting and in anything that requires us to put forth energy, we can feel so not qualified. Mm -hmm. We can feel so afraid. We can think, well, who am I? Who am I to disciple my kids? Who am I to teach God's word? Who am I to share the gospel? Who am I? And and that's the wrong question. And and Jesus doesn't start the question with who he, who we are. Mm-hmm. He starts the call with who he is. He has been given all authority. And this this king and this God and Jesus, God man, who has all authority, he says, now I call you, go therefore. Because I have all authority, you now go therefore mm-hmm. and make disciples. And Jesus is saying that to you right now in your car, in your home. He's saying to you personally, hey, I have all authority. I am strong. I am mighty. I am in control of everything. And I am telling you that because of who I am, you are equipped to, to do what I'm calling you to do, to go and make disciples. And so um, there that should bring us peace that should help us to not be afraid that should ease some of our anxieties as we think about making disciples i know so many of us feel unequipped and unprepared i felt that way still feel that way all the time um maybe we feel disqualified because of sin or because of ways that we've messed up we feel disqualified to teach our kids certain things because we sure didn't succeed in that area of our life maybe we feel fearful that we're going to screw it up at the end of the day and those are all very real fears Um, But Jesus speaks to that by encouraging us that he is the one who's in control. He's the one calling us to this mission. Um, Jesus is giving us authority because he has authority. Um, So we shouldn't be afraid and wonder, like, by whose authority am I doing this? You know, (laughs) 
people might even come to us and, and say that the world might even look like, who are you to like teach your kids these things and who, by whose authority? And the truth is it's by the authority of Jesus himself. That's, that's whose authority we operate under. Um, and, and as so, we go, he's going with us Yeah, and he's always working in all the conversations and with the Paul Tripp parenting book that we've been reading so much recently, we've just been reminded over and over again that our job is just to keep directing our eyes, whether it's through a window into our own sin or everyday moments of instruction and discipline to always be refixing our kids' eyes on a good God and a powerful Savior. Yes. And that makes me not as afraid because Jesus has the only authority to change hearts. And my job is just to, as I go, keep pointing their eyes back on him and, and showing them how he is in everything. And then he wraps it. He wraps this, this command that makes us feel so scared. He, he starts it with his authority and then he wraps it at the end with, I am with you Mm -hmm. always, even to the end end of the age. age. We're not alone. So what you're saying, yeah, it's, he, he knows that God is, he knows how we feel. He knows that we feel afraid. He knows that we feel unequipped. He knows that we feel weak. He knows that he just knows how we feel. And so we have a kind God that isn't just ordering us to do things without then, without first providing us help mm-hmm. in how to do it. And our first help is by knowing that he's with us and that he is strong and mighty and has authority and power. And so it's not so much about us needing to have those things. It's about us leaning into the authority of our commander. We're doing this because he told us to. Um, and, and that's powerful. Um, Matthew Henry says, last quote from him, he says, go ye. It is not only a word of command like that, son, go to work, but it's a word of encouragement. Jesus is saying, go and fear not. Have I not sent you? And so in our parenting, as we wake up each day and as we think, begin to think about this family worship stuff that can seem so overwhelming that, you know, it it shouldn't, but it, it just does. It can seem overwhelming to think about trying to teach our kids our faith, um, know that this command isn't a command only. It's an encouragement from the heart of Jesus himself saying to us, go, have no fear. I have sent you. I'm the one that gave you these kids. I'm the one that has called you to this task. And so I just hope we're encouraged by that today. And so from here on out, um, we're, we're called the As You Go podcast because we just really want to explore what it looks like to live out our faith and to worship God. Again, we love whole life worship. We want to worship God with our whole life as we go. That's really important to us just as individuals. But then we really want to continue to explore what it looks like to pass down our faith to our kids in our everyday life as we go. What does it look like to play together and to love each other and to serve and to read together and to learn about the world around us and to learn God's word and all of these things as we go, as we live our life, how do we live that as Christ following family members and parents? And so that's what this whole podcast is about. And we're excited to continue to journey with you in your desire to figure out what it looks like to make disciples as you go in your family members' lives. So um, thank you all for joining us again for this podcast. And, um, I let us know how you feel about the name change. Hopefully you like it. Actually only let us know if you like it. <laughs> don't let us know if you don't like it. And I'm just kidding, but don't, um, <laughs> we, uh, we will see you guys on the next episode and talk to you then. Bye friends. Bye.